Someone would say, oh, I've only got, yeah, two or three hundred pounds, what should I get? I want a basic sound card for doing voiceovers or something like that. Usually that just means I phone Rick at Studio K and find out what, what, what what's the best deal he can do with, and I just recommend that one to them. <laughs> That's a much better way to do it. Right, so what are we doing, John? Hello, what have we got welcome today? to the Session Recall Podcast. Let's get out of the small everyone. talk. What I was thinking of doing today is just through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube comments, like personal messages and stuff around like production bits and pieces that yeah. we've done around like everything we've talked about for the last, is it 17 episodes now? I thought you were say 17 years then, John. That's how long we've <laughs> everything we've talked about. Generally been talking shite for. <laughs> That's how long it feels. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been here now, John? I don't know. I don't know. I think we've gone up to 10 years now, Nick. Oh, well, is it? Well, okay. We're going to do a, 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 a viewer's questions. A viewer's questions. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to, before, I'll delete this bit now, but before, do you want to just go through the questions and have a look at them? I think... Or should we do it blind? Oh, let's do it blind. What do you think? I, I, don't, I can't remember what, what order they're in. Do you know the questions? I do. And I well, don't, I do right? know the questions, and I've replied to some of the people with it. But then I just thought, well, they're good for other people to kind of look at. Yeah. All right, let's do that. Then. Right. Okay. So you know the questions, yes. John. I don't. I've never seen these, so yes. we're going in blind. I think this is two. These are two. These these came in for two questions from two different people. Um, first right. one was, "What sound card are you using for mixing in the box?" Well, I'm using. I have my Apollo Twin with actually i'm using just using a mac mini at the moment sometimes i switch to my hdx system with the avid interfaces but generally i'm using my apollo twin which is sat right in front of me now because i like to use a lot of the uad plugins i think it sounds great i've also take that back and forth so wherever i'm mixing it's portable I can go back to leaders veil mix there or wherever i'm mixing sometimes in a cupboard um, from working with Scott from Kitten Pyramid, um, could be anywhere. Yes, yeah, so generally that's me. Before I'm, I'm pretty much always used the Avid stuff or the or the UAD stuff. Really, yourself, John, what are you on at the moment? Do you know what? One of the best things I ever did when I was setting up my studio in Call, I was looking at like a Pro Tools system at the time. So it'd been a HD two, I think, is all I could afford, and mm. the one nine twos and stuff. So I was looking at that, and it was coming in at like ten grand at the time, and I thought, well, that's a lot of money. And I ended up buying the SSL Alpha Link and the Maddie yeah. Extreme card. And I'm still using, so that's 2009. I'm still using the Alpha Link. And they, they've actually held their value. Yeah. Like the price hasn't gone down at all since I bought it. It's more or less the same. And the only, the only difference is now I've changed from the Maddie Extreme because on the Mac, the, the cards, I don't think it's no longer supported. So I picked up a HD Native and a Delta Link. And that's, right. yeah, so I'm just using that. Martin Levam is a big fan of the SSL. Yeah, he yeah he has like a shooter, didn't he? Like huge, huge shooter yeah. for loads of different bits and pieces. And yeah. he's only just recently changed, doesn't he? To is it? Yeah, because he was SSL for years mm. there. Yeah, he had like the he had the Delta Link bit hidden by his computer. Yeah, I got like I've still got my Mac Pro like from two thousand and nine as well. I managed to keep it going. And it's it's yeah. just about as the plugins are getting faster now and they're getting more like they, they're getting more processor heavy this just about starting to show its age but it's been a really good system i mean i love tracking on the hdx with the you know the average units yeah. they just you just plug it in it works zero latency everything never any problems yeah that just works but no they sound good mm. they do sound good but we do love the sound of this uh the apollo twin the heritage yeah. Um, but sound cards for starting out. Yeah, so this has come from Josh from Secret Faces. He sent me about yeah. a million different links. What about this? What about this? What about this? And what did you? What was your recommendation? Uh, well, what was the budget? Well, the budget is, you know, 
it, it's literally like low, like under three hundred quid. So you're looking at like the Focusrite solos, the the Cubase ones, and then yeah, the the, the feedback thing that I said to him was like. The sound cards would be good enough, like for what you're looking at doing. He just wants to record something, I think, for like Instagram or other bits and pieces. So he needs to kind of work with a laptop and his phone. The one thing I was saying to him is like, with the bundles, you get like two channel sound card, like a headphone and a mic. And the mics are usually like an OEM sort of thing. So like Focusrite do it. Yeah. I think Universal Audio. I'm pretty sure that it looks like the same mic. And right, then the okay. headphones as well. And he, I'm just saying is like, for the money, yeah. I don't know whether it's worth keeping hold of that because what he wants to do he just wants to record guitar you just need a 57 yeah. just where you're starting out so just saying like audio and focus right ssl now as well like they got like they've gone into sound cards at the low end and like yeah. universal audio you can't really go wrong with any of them if you do, do you get this question from people from time to time not as part no not not as much if someone someone will say oh, i've only got yeah, two or three hundred pounds. What should I get? I want a basic sound card for doing voiceovers or something like that. Usually, that just means I phone Rick at Studio K and find out what, what, what what's recommend? the best deal he can do with, and I just recommend that one to them. <laughs> That's a much better way of doing it. Well, Rick, Rick will tell you straight. Yeah. He'll tell you now nah, for the money you should get this one at the moment yeah. because we got that one on special. We can do that for you at this price. Blah blah. That's blah. much easier. Yeah, so they'll get more for their money, and he always gives me um, good feedback anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I do. And I had a question of the day about mics and interfaces from Andrew from the band Maker. Oh, yeah. Because um, they're recording guitars and their guitar sounds, you know, really important. They've got amazing um, guitars and amps. And it was how much should we spend on mics and things like that because we're going to be recording something at home. In the end, it just ended up, you know, saying, look, if you've got a 57, just use your 57. Yeah. Um, you've got great amps. So you're wondering whether they should buy ribbon mics. Yes, but you know, you could probably spend a bit more money on on your interface, on your setup there, on your monitoring things like that, and just get and just use your fifty seven that you've yeah. already got. Uh, I, I can't remember what interface they were using in the end. Oh. But yeah, you say SSL have entered the market there now. You can't, you won't go wrong with things like that. The Focusrite setup, what you get with everything, yeah. the, the bundles and like, you get. The audience as well. There's basically they just lifted the mic out of the chat. Uh, they've lifted the mic out of the um, or the mic pre out of the desk. Yeah, and we use yeah, audience mic pre's, don't we? They sound great. great. Just work. So, well, yeah, yeah. that was the other thing. He was then going to go like that was talk, when you're talking about makers guitar. Josh was then thinking, oh, maybe I need like maybe I need to get the amplitude one because then I can use like the plug-in for the amp. And I was thinking, you have a pedal board bigger than my bed, and you've got like yeah. three or four. You got like a matches valve head, an orange rock of it yeah. as well. Like, why do you need an amp sim? You've already got everything you need. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I suppose that they just think it's convenient to just plug straight in and then just use an amp sim. But uh, maybe, maybe the noise thing. I suppose if you if you're recording at home, but just don't worry about the neighbours. Just yeah, crank exactly. it up, we'll get it done in a couple of takes, and yeah, then move on. Exactly. Right. Next ones. What door would you recommend? Well, f- for me, really, there's only pro tools. <laughs> pro tools, really. I'm actually doing an album. You'll laugh at me, John. I'm actually doing the the new Kit and Pyramid album on oh, Logic. Are you, are you uh, not doing it on Logic in the studio, are you? Yeah, because, <laughs> because uh, Scott's upgraded to Logic now. So Because we, we collaborate a lot, he does a lot of the work at home, then we bring it together, and then I add loads of stuff at home, and we kind of work on it that way. He doesn't use Pro Tools, um, so we're doing it on Logic so that we can... We don't have to redo stuff, or he doesn't have to export stuff all the time. And we we can a lot of the effects he's got and the sound he's got, we can just use. So we're going to collaborate on that. But it's a long time since I did a whole album on Logic. Um, I don't. I I quite like it. I've used it for writing and stuff, and it's very convenient and everything you get with it and price wise and all that. But we've just 
grown up with Pro Tools and in the studio for recording bands. Yeah. And how easy it is to edit and quick it is to edit. For me, Pro Tools is just the best at, at yeah. that, you know. For writing, for someone like Scott who's creating sounds and writing as he goes along, then Logic's better for that, yeah. for him. I guess it's whatever you're used to, whatever's fast, whatever whatever does what you're doing. Like some, you know, we know people who would, who would always use Cubase and they've always used it. Maybe they're doing a lot of programming, dance music, they've got their synths and they've got it set up to their way of working. So the flow's good and it's good. Anyway, but for us recording bands, we have to know Pro Tools because if we go to any commercial studio yeah. in the world, it will be Pro Tools when mm. you walk in. That's what you'd expect to be there. That's what you'll be recording to. So you have to know it inside out. So I guess that's what we've grown up with. That's what we're used to. And that's the most stable and the best recording bands, I think, anyway, for the yeah. editing. No, I agree. I was just thinking, like, when, you, when you're doing Logic in the studio with Kit and Pyramid, are you still were you using your own Mac with the, the Universal Audio? Because that'll give you a more up-to-date one. Beyond the, yeah, my Mac with the... Yeah. No, yeah, it's, I'm a similar thing. I was like, I think whatever you're using, as long as it works, it's fine. Um, I remember when I started out, I was yeah. using Sonar. And then it, yeah. it was, as you say about the stability, it was it was good, but it wasn't quite built for what I was doing. I was always like, having loads of crashes and loads of issues with plugins. And then I went on a course and just did a Pro Tools one, like a Pro Tools one week. No, it was like a, it was a free course put on, like funded by Welsh Government or something. I can't really remember. And I got to go to Newport Uni. Um, and I, I basically just got like access to Pro Tools for a month. And I just they just jumped in on mm. a session. So I'm just going to, I got the songwriting session kind of, I'm just going to use Pro Tools. And I just, after that week, yeah. I just didn't go back. Yeah. I just realized. And we you know. And then you realize whenever you go and work in another studio, you have to know Pro Tools. It's and all on yeah, Pro Tools. Yeah. The other thing as well, it was like, as soon as I did that, then like it opened, the studio just opened up for other hires. Other people could come in and just use Pro Tools and it would just work. Yeah. And it was just, you know, yeah. that was the other thing as well. I mean, like, and I get why people with their you know, personal studios where you don't you don't dry hire it, where it's just um, you always working with the bands that come in. I get you use whatever you're used to because no other producer engineer needs to come yeah. in and use it. It might be a bit fiddly if bands start bringing in pre-recorded tracks and stuff that they've been doing elsewhere on Pro Tools, but especially if you've built your mix. But, um, you know, they're studios and they use their whatever they're used to, repo or whatever, um, you know. and But it can cause problems, like if people bring sessions to us that have been recorded in other places and then they want to record some more on it maybe some overdubs or mix it with us and it's so much easier if they've done it yeah. on pro tools just for time of exporting everything with you i know it's a lot quicker than yeah. back in the day when you couldn't just you know export everything with all the effects and run it all off and bounce yeah. it quick um it was a nightmare but um now it's a lot lot faster yeah. and easier to do that and they can just supply us with wavs that are with effects without effects yeah. and it's quite easy but, but yeah. for me pro tools i think that i think what i've been doing to other people just really quickly um you mentioned reaper reaper you can have like an evaluation license and it's like 50 mm. quid for the full license and then if money's money's an issue yeah. you've got a mac to use garage band because i remember yeah. dusting sessions yeah. were really good yeah, like Dustin was doing yeah. like demos in GarageBand. Like you haven't got the mixer, so you've got to go into another inspector view to kind of get to the volume and pan. But yeah. it does a lot of the stuff that you need. Yeah, it's just yeah. like a con- cheaper version, well, condensed version of Logic. It hasn't quite quite as many features, but it's still really good. Um, I think Scott described Logic because he's been doing everything on GarageBand up until now. He just describes Logic as GarageBand yeah. on steroids. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, which right. it is. If you want to do this, so we can just skip on. As producers, what do you think of Simon Cowell? <sighs> you've gone. One mention of Simon Cowell and you've disappeared, John. 
He's back. There he is. There he is. So Simon Cowell. He doesn't have these problems, John. No, he he just pays. <laughs> he creates team of people. Did, did you do a session for Simon Cowell or X Factor or something? No, but we were at some conference that he was at many years ago. There was, I'm sure there was like, a, I don't know if it's Simon Cowell, but was it the label? Um, yeah. I remember, I vaguely yeah. remember some like pop, X Factor, pop idol session in Rockfield where they, well, Rockfield don't Possibly. have internet. And they had to send a taxi from London to pick up the files because it was getting mixed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was it getting mixed like by someone like LA. Big Brothers or something like that. Oh, was it, it Big Brother? Big okay. Brothers. Oh. Yeah, maybe they were big at the time. Maybe they were on his label. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, but the internet wouldn't do it, so they sent a taxi to take the files. But what do we think? You know, he, he's done amazing things, you know, for, for his label, made some massive TV shows, done some amazing things for a lot of artists, but also created a very strange industry that we're not really in and don't, really agree with i guess i see that as the entertainment's business and i'm in the music business a completely different end of the spectrum you can't deny that the his talent there is uh, spotting artists developing artists um promoting artists creating these massive tv shows creating massive superstars so you know and his passion and love of music and his talent is there but um it's also done a lot of harm to the industry, to grassroots music, to creating a lot of people who think that becoming famous is something that happens overnight without hard work and mm. um, you don't really need to be talented, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, you can't argue that a lot of the winners of those shows are really, really talented and it's just fast-tracked yeah. them to um, superstardom well, pretty quickly. Yeah, so you it's think his about, vehicle um, for getting those out there, you know? Yeah, you think about it, in terms, obviously, the reach they have on those shows, where like you know, there's millions of people like tuning in, hundreds of thousands of people. It does obviously mm. give the exposure much much quicker. And I think, as you say, entertainment. I think that's the right point, kind of point, because it's almost it was almost like a charade, basically. Like we, just, it was more or less after was it after the darkness and Mad World went for Christmas number one. Yeah, it was more or less more after yeah. that they started doing Pop Idol then. I think yeah. something along the lines of that. And, and that, basically guarantees a Christmas number one for Simon Cowell every year. More or less. Every year, yeah. You know, he's ambitious. He wants to be um, the most successful kind of label, bosses, music producers ever. And that's ambition and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just um, awkward when you're working with artists day in, day out who are just struggling to get by because they get paid fuck all royalties don't get a look in because the monopoly that those companies have on radio play have on what labels sign or things like that yeah so it's hard when we're day in day out kind of doing proper <laughs> you know it's not can't really describe it as proper music i call it proper music proper bands proper artists but there's nothing wrong with the artists that win these programs they are really good artists you know talented mm. people as a lot of them have shown as they've gone on to do their own thing afterwards you know so yeah it's an awkward one that we've got to take your hat off to him but also it's left a sour taste in the mouths of a lot of uh, genuine musicians and it's made it a lot harder i think for those musicians to get to, to make a proper 
um, wage in the world, which isn't just down to him. It's down to other people behind the scenes, other yeah. companies and your, you know, your online platforms and things like that. So I yeah, think lots of I reasons, think... but you have to admire what he's done and what yeah. he's achieved, haven't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you do. Um, I think you, the other thing as well, that you think you touched on was there's this also this thought now in terms of like, Oh, I just need to go on this and I'll be an overnight success and not realizing yeah. what's like, it's, it's a lot a lot more difficult than that. I think was it Quincy Jones used to say like you used to get um, altitude sickness. People would yeah. get to like a certain point if they hit they hit start and they don't realize what's about to come. Yeah. In terms of like exposure, in terms of like just being yeah. in the public eye that much. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's tough because an overnight success usually takes about ten years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it does. Yeah. Unless you're on one of those shows in which it's pretty, you know, it's pretty much overnight. And I don't and then, think people are ready for that then, you know, whereas usually a band have grafted, grafted, or an artist has grafted, grafted, done the, all the shows, mm-hmm. done all the, the small shows, toured back of a bus, worked, 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 written hundreds of songs to get the 10 best ones. Yeah. And then they become successful overnight, but there's 10 years of hard work gone into that. Yeah. Um, which prepares you for longevity and, but, you know, it depends how you make music. I think you just make music you want to make and because you love making music and because that's within you and that's what you want to do. As soon as you start just thinking, I'm just going to be this, it's just a different thing. That's the entertainment world and not really, I don't see it as the music business. Any genres off limits for mixing? Anything you won't touch? <sighs> Anything too heavy? Not, you know, I, I kind of enjoy mixing the guitars on really, really heavy records, but... Um, Oh, really, if they're good, they're good, you know. Uh, I mean, there's certain stuff people wouldn't send me jazz records to mix, you know, although I could I could mix it, and although I do like some um, jazz artists, but I wouldn't really mix that. I'm not really, I don't know, Bavarian folk music, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's anything wrong with that, John. No, I mean, we've, we've had all sorts, you know, from... 80-year-old Valley women doing kind of like 1930s-style organ music. That was, uh, you know, that wasn't off-limits and it was enjoyable. And, of course, I've done a lot of heavy, heavy stuff. No, I guess there's certain stuff that I would just be shocked if it got sent to me. Like, I don't know, maybe, I mean, we're not we're not going to start mixing trance records, are we, John, really? But uh... <laughs> No, probably not, sadly. <laughs> you know, although... although We've just spent the last few days listening to some great trance mixes. So, um, from a good friend of mine, DJ Paulino, Paul Gaynor, as he's known. Yeah, he sends me his trance mixes regularly. They're great. No, for you, for you, is anything you don't I don't. Think, I mean, there's stuff I don't like doing, but I could I see it as a challenge then, and I just try and yeah. do a good job of it. Obviously, I, I think I think it's a similar thing when you said about like I, I'd be surprised if they send it to me. I think metal, like if we go like towards like the heavier ends, yeah. I think there's better people yes. better than me. I think And and I would recommend other people yeah. that I know who do that, you know, really well. Yeah. Otherwise a similar sort of thing. I think I think in the other side, like metal maybe, then maybe pop, but then it's just because I haven't had that much yeah. experience. I've I've been kind of like realizing I'm probably more into like indie guitars, yeah. music. Kind but of kind of the mixing because it's mixing, you could you know, it's a bit different to if the question had been, is there stuff you won't produce? Because yeah. like I wouldn't really produce r&b and hip-hop because it's just not 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 what yeah. i do and i'd be like no you'd be much better off going to use someone who does that yeah so whereas mixing i could mix r&b and hip-hop records you know i'm kind of down with the kids john listen to the radio know what's happening um and i have 
my sneaky, style. Sneaky, I know dog, what dog, good. Yeah. So I could, you know, so mixing, there's not really a lot that's off limits because you're being creative and doing your thing and there's a lot of technical aspects to it as well. But if the question was genres that are off limits, you just maybe wouldn't put yourself in that situation of yeah. producing stuff that is just not going to sound right when you put your style to it, you know. So more more there's um styles for that um in production land that you wouldn't touch rather than mixing yeah so any good multi-track sources for improving your mixes this one came up from craig in the community kind of answered this one already a little bit this is i suppose this is for people like looking start and obviously don't have a chance to kind of record as much but still want to practice mixing right what i said to craig is is like cambridge multi-tracks so i think it's mike senior from sound on sound yeah and how it's been set up is there's loads of just people submit tracks for mixing. They can't afford it. So there's like there's a massive library now of tracks there for mixing. And then the other one is like multi-track competitions and stuff. Yeah. Like Telefunken are pretty good in terms of doing it from time to time because they see it as like an opportunity to show off their mics. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess getting, getting um, stems of tracks that have been mixed and released and then having a go at mixing it yourself and then comparing your mix to the commercial released mix is a great um yeah it's a great way great way of finding out your style and how you you mix rather than just trying to recreate the mix that's been mixed and you know you can um kind of hone in on a style that you've got and maybe why is the mix that got released better than yours or is yours better than that one and why is that or is it just different and maybe getting like um maybe not just getting raw files and then seeing the amount of work that's maybe gone into a mix to get it from mm. what was recorded to the commercial release of it you learn so much from doing that and the you know you you won't know the chains that are involved um and getting it to that point but hearing those raw stems and then hearing a mix it's like right okay you know, I don't know yeah. um hearing with it all the production stripped back and all the mix stripped back you know you've been sent i've been sent raw files and then i've been sent the rough mix and you're like right the rough mix is really good but it's nothing like what was recorded because a lot of work has gone into the production and the mix already and sometimes that's where i like to start with my mix is where they're at because they've built the track up and that's the sound yeah. of the track and that's it so then i'm just kind of balancing it maybe adding a few bits of production here and there but um in terms of sources i don't really know no the ones you've mentioned really i don't really know any others but you wouldn't um, need, i suppose it's like you wouldn't need to look for it because you're working on enough anyway i mean getting feedback sending mixes to to us or to yeah. other people you know and getting feedback on your mixes um that's a good way of improving them and sitting in on on mix sessions and sitting with the uh, the mix engineer and seeing what he's doing and why asking him to explain why he's doing it. I mean, it might become a bit annoying when someone's trying to be creative, but if you allow plenty of time to do the mix, then you can sit there and watch the mix and watch the chains happening and watch him, what's going on, especially those technical things, you know, like yeah. checking all the phase and aligning multiple mics and things like that, those things that need to be done as well. Yeah, there's something that people don't realise, I think, in terms mm. of the alignment stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a bit lazy because I use what auto align from Sound Radix. Yeah, just stick it on like kind of let it, let it kind of figure it out. But where I learned the most thing was watching other people mm. and seeing what they do. Um, yeah, and I think I suppose that's one thing that's missing a little bit. Um, people starting out or like just recording themselves or doing stuff at home, you don't get to see or learn as quickly because you're not. No, I mean there's great tutorials you can watch on YouTube, isn't there? But I think 
I think being in the room and being able to say, well, stop a minute, why are you doing that? Or what would you, what would happen if you did this? And then being able to try that and see it um, in real time firsthand. Yeah. So even though there's great tutorials out there, I don't think you can beat shadowing yeah. someone while no, they're producing or mixing. Yeah, and that's true. That's a very good link in them because we've got that um, workshop coming up in Need as well. So if you want to shadow two great producers, engineers, um, and see how they do it, then come on the uh, the production works production and mixing workshop, as it will now be known as John. Workshop. <laughs> yeah, there's still I'm not sure how many places are left a on it. There's a couple left, of yeah. places left, I think. So yeah, come on that. Craig, you asked that question, he's gonna be on he's gonna be there as well, isn't he? So Yeah. eleventh um, so April the eleventh to the thirteenth. Um, yeah. we'll be doing this in Leaders Vale. So it's an opportunity just to record like go through like recording processes and also talk about mixing. And just like being able to ask these questions in person and watch, like getting feedback. It's these kind of things I really enjoy doing. Like, yeah, and we'll I, record a song. I think we're going to get Josh in to um, record a song with Josh. Josh is um, part of the community. Um, so we'll get to record him, see how we record him, see how we build the song, and then we'll mix the track. Yeah, but there's lots of things going on over the three yeah. days anyway. Yeah, so that'll be available. You can find out more information at sessionrecall.com forward slash leaders veil um so thanks very much for watching if you guys have any questions for us keep please just drop us a message leave us a comment on youtube or send us an email at podcast at sessionrecall.com as we said we've got a guide for bands who are starting out called the bands checklist which is available at sessionrecall.com forward slash band checklist and we've already mentioned as well that we've got the production workshop happening in april um there's a couple of spaces left on that now as well thanks again for listening for watching and if you know anyone who'd be interested and in, in, to think they might this podcast would be useful for them please share please like and please like and subscribe and we'll see you all again next time